It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is a sports fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills on the mic alongside Joe Manor, all the way up until 7 o'clock today on this 23rd day of March. 6.06 o'clock and 70 degrees. And, it, I mean, it was sunny today. I was going to say it's sunny. It's a little bit cloudy right now in southeast Ohio, but always good weather, good temperature. And the, uh, the good times came to an end last night as the Ohio Bobcats fell to the Creighton Blue Jays, 72-58. to 58. But Joey, being a Bobcat alumni and uh, watching this magical run as the fifth seed in the Mid-American Conference Tournament. You didn't start the season as an alumni. No, I did not. I mean, I became an alumni uh, as the season was com- was going on. Mm-hmm. You graduated in December, and then, of course, you know, uh, as the season progressed. Were you in the uh, alumni panel that, uh, that Brad hosted? I was not. <laughs> I didn't even know where to find that. The tip, I mean, the pre, the the, the pre tip off party hosted by Brad Walker. Well, I I saw DJ A Rock who does a couple things for us over on WXDQ, and he has he's got the encore starting at eight o'clock sure. uh, on Saturdays. I know DJ A Rock was hosting like a virtual kind of event, doing a, a you know a little pregame before the game and everything, which was he does a pretty pretty good job. No matter what he does, I mean uh, A Rock is is good guy all around. Uh, but I, I had no idea what Brad was doing for the, uh, you know, pregame for the alumni. Um, yeah, look, he was just sitting in Schoonover uh, yeah, on I'm, his computer. He probably could. I don't know what, I mean, what do you do? You know, you're all Somebody just asked him a couple questions. Uh, who asked him questions? I said, I suppose he just asked them a couple questions. Uh, I guess. Yeah, is that supposed Thanks. to get me excited? <laughs> Talked about that. I don't know. I wasn't in it. They weren't trying to get me excited. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have no idea what they're doing, but, hey, you know, something's better than nothing. Uh, and, of course, you know, being the fifth seed in the Mid-American Conference, going all the way up, winning the Mid-American Conference champ, uh, tournament, and then going and winning the uh, and beating the defending national champions uh, in Virginia, 62-58, last Saturday. I mean, it was all, it was a special run for the Bobcats. Uh, even brought a little bit of a tear to my eye to see the post-game speech by Jeff Bowles. I mean, it was very emotional. And a very special moment for him and his team. I thought that this team could have done something like what they did uh, last year. Then, of course, the pandemic shut everything. Not to say, you know, I mean, last year's team was a, a decent team. They might have been able to make some noise, but we'll never know because of, you know, the pandemic shutting the tournament down. This year, they came in as a fifth seed, beat Kent State, beat Toledo, beat Buffalo, beat some of the best teams, and, uh, you know, really, really, uh, you know, made their mark. And uh, they, uh, I think they'll be up in the rafters, right? I mean, NCAA tournament qualifiers. Yep. So this this team will be bonded forever. And we'll get the and, MAC tournament banner up there as well. Yep. I mean, this is uh, something special for them, something special for the university. And Joey, I know even for the, you know, the national recognition that the Bobcats were getting. I don't even, I can't remember the last time that Ohio, uh, you know, was being talked about uh, from a sports talk show out in California. Rich Eisen had uh, Jeff Bowles on to talk about, uh, you know, the Ohio Bobcats. I mean, this was a special team, a special year, and I'm glad to see the the positive recognition uh, coming from the Bobcats. A proud alumni speaking to you now. Yeah, it's always sad when uh, when the run comes to an end, especially I think uh, 
I think a lot, I mean, you and I certainly, and I think a lot of people around the campus, I think we all kind of convinced ourselves that we were going to beat Creighton yesterday and uh, get into the Sweet 16. Now, Gonzaga, that would have been a tall, 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 tall task. Um, and I wouldn't have expected them to win that game, especially now after how they played yesterday. But, uh, yeah, we can get into the game in a little bit here after this. But, yeah, seeing uh, Bowles' speech after the game, that's, what, that's why teams like this are so special because when – you know, when you're that mid-major program and you get into the tournament, you usually have a lot of doubters, and it's a, it's a us-against-the-world mentality, and they're able to go in there and beat such a story program in Virginia, the, uh, the de facto defending national champs. Uh, so to get that win, as you said, they're going to get the up in the Raptors. Bulls said, you know, this team will forever be linked, stuff like that. You know, these guys are going to be at each other's weddings. They're going to be friends forever. They're going to have group chats for the rest of their lives. And it doesn't really feel like a tightly bonded group, um, and as much as we could sit around and be sad about, you know, the season being over and them losing yesterday, um, I think you got to take a look back and say at the beginning of February when they were hit with a three-week COVID pause, did you really think that this team would be playing right now or playing yesterday? I sure, I sure as heck didn't. I thought, huh, you know, their, their boat had kind of been sunk at that point. But they rally back. You know, they, they give it to Akron. They get a couple wins they need to get to get the fifth seed in the MAC tournament and then just go on that magical run of just – dominating every team they ran up against in Kent State. Uh, the number one seed who was Toledo and then beaten Buffalo, who they split the season series with, all in dominating fashion, only trailed for three minutes in the entire MAC tournament, then beating Virginia. And well, we could break down the game a little bit. It was just one of those days they just couldn't couldn't buy a bucket. Um, no, I mean, And, you know, yeah. when that happens in the tournament, Creighton got hot, and when, it's really funny. Well, I'll wrap up this point first. Let me talk about the game. But just really proud of this team, the way they were able to rally through all the adversity of the two COVID pauses at the end of the season of uh, having Preston banged up early in the year, having to start a, a freshman point guard and Mark Sears through in some big games that they had to win, having guys like McDay and Roderick, the youngster, to step up, having the transfer Dwight Wilson be such an impact this year. Um, it's, it was really cool to see. And, uh, you know, Hopefully Preston comes back, but even if he doesn't, I mean, you get Wilson to come back because he has another year of eligibility. Vanderplas should be back. All these, all these starters, besides perhaps Preston, and you assume if Preston leaves, you're just going to fill in Sears in that starting lineup. There's still going to be some exciting basketball to look forward to next year because, I mean, some of these guys will be playing for two or three years together now. So just imagine what another whole offseason Coach Bowles can do with these guys, plus whatever recruits they're able to bring in. And this year should be, hopefully, another normal off season, right? I mean, hopefully at the time that they're really getting into their summer workouts, getting things done, like it will look like a normal year and Bowles is able to, to work out and do whatever they, they need to do and plus recruit, right? Because I even saw Trevor Stevens sent me an article a little bit earlier um, and NCAA is trying to debate whether they can do in-person recruiting again, right? which I think would be huge, especially since, I mean, now the iron's hot. You know, now you made it to the round of 32 I, I got to imagine you probably opened up some eyes. Plus, the way that Preston talked about Bowles in the press conference, like every single player on this team, to me, seemed like they wanted to play for Bowles. And that's not an easy task. I mean, in two years, you know, the majority of this team is still uh, remnants from, from the Saul Phillips era, right? I mean, Ben Vanderplas was a uh, Phillips recruit. Your, your two best players are, right. are Saul Phillips guys. And Bowles was able to come in here really from year number one. I think that there was that kind of mentality. I mean, this year even more so, but after year number one, coming into year number two, this team was together. They were, you know, all supportive of their coach. Um, you know, even though, you know, Bowles may 
this I love the dance moves. Don't get me wrong. I think they're fun. <laughs> I enjoy watching and seeing them. I I don't know. Maybe I can't dance any better, so I give him credit for dancing and even putting it out on a you know social media and things. I mean, they had fun. This team was so closely knit, and now I think you know the overall perspective is hey. You know, maybe Athens, Ohio, maybe the Ohio Bobcats have something special cooking uh, down here in Southeast Ohio. And maybe, just maybe, you might see a couple of bigger recruits coming our way. That's me being hopeful, but, you know, after all this positive, all the positive stories coming out of Ohio uh, over the past couple weeks, like, I don't know. Let, let's let's see what this basketball team can do in the future because I think Bulls yeah. will still be here, and I think that this team, especially the only guy that you're at risk of losing right now is Jason Preston because Preston, if he decides to go pro, uh, obviously won't be on the team next year. <laughs> but Mark Sears will will still be here, and he's more than serviceable. Um, you know, he's just a freshman this year. So exciting future ahead for Ohio, but I don't know. I mean, what do you think? I mean, is it more recruits? Like, well, I don't know if you're going to get more. Um, I think this year, just being able to get a tournament win, you know, there's a lot of really talented kids who, especially in the state of Ohio, that slip through the cracks and have to go to a mid-major school to play ball. I mean, look at a guy like Mark Sears. I mean, he was recruited by some Power 5 schools. He ended up here just because, you know, uh, Coach Thornton, the assistant coach who was at Hargrave where Sears was playing prep school ball, ended up coming here and Sears followed him. Uh, just connections like that. I mean, Bowles seems pretty well connected. I mean, he was at Ohio State. He was at Stony Brook. You know, he knows a lot of different people. Thad, Thad Mata was in the stands. Right, yeah, because obviously Bowles was uh, one of his assistants during uh, a pretty good era of Ohio State basketball. But, um, yeah, it definitely helps. Maybe you can get a, a, you know, a kid who's considering you know, some of the other MAC schools. Maybe you flip them, get them to come here and play. Uh, and as you mentioned, and we said this already, everybody should be coming back realistically um, said maybe Preston, but I tell you what, Sears, I, I mean, I just think if you give Sears the keys to the car, he could turn into a similar type of player. He might not be the, I don't think he's going to be racking up the double digits assists like Preston can because Preston's passing is on an NBA level. I mean, the, the, the looks he's able to find with double teamed in his face under duress, driving in the hoop and just kick. I mean, some of the passes he made, especially the Virginia game was like, wow. I mean, he throw, he's like a quarterback. He throws guys open, really, yep. and uh, it's really impressive to see. So I don't know if Sears has quite that ability, but in the terms of being an attacking point guard and who can go score and he rebounds the ball well at times too, I think Sears is really aggressive in that aspect of his game and could turn into a really good player. Um, like I said, power five, he had power five offers, and uh, luckily we were able to get him here. But, yeah, I mean, every time anytime you got a coach like – Coach Bowles, everybody's talking up. Everybody seems to have. He just seems like a leader of men. He seems like when he walks in a room, he commands respect, and he gets it from his players. But he also, you know, likes to have fun with them as well. And that's kind of the, I think that's what the athlete these days wants. They want to be coach, but they also want a guy who, uh, you know, likes to celebrate the wins. So, and you know, it, it's it, it was something that Preston or maybe uh, Vanderplas said in one of the interviews with Russ uh, Eisenstein, of course, the voice of the Bobcats. But somebody said, you know. Bowles doesn't only care about these players on the court. You know, he wants to see them succeed in the classroom. He wants to see them succeed, you know, in life after basketball, oh, whatever I mean, that is. In his MAC championship post-game speech, he talked about what he's most proud of is, you know, whether they go on the road or when they were up in Cleveland, the MAC tournament, how, you know, people, staff members, like uh, people who work at uh, 
different arenas and facilities and things like that, they always talk about, you know, just how, you know, nice of a team, how polite of a team, how well-mannered of a team that he had this year. And he talked about how that's way more important than anything they could do out in the basketball court. Yep. And you know what? They accomplished a lot on the basketball court this year. Of course, in the first round of the round of 64, defeating Virginia 62-58. to And again, the Bobcats fell last night to the Creighton Blue Jays 72-58. to The Blue Jays being the fifth seed have advanced into the Sweet 16 for the first time since I think the 1970s. Uh, to face off against the number one overall seed and the AP-seeded number one, uh, Gonzaga, which will be a very, very tough matchup for any team. I was looking forward and hoping that the uh, the Bobcats would have had a crack at the number one team, uh, but Creighton was just better yesterday, and uh, they, they have earned that way to, uh, to facing the number one team in the nation. But we'll break down the game after this. we got to send it to a quick break. Of course, our phone lines are open, 740-592-6646. Uh, but we'll break down the Bobcat game, specifically uh, what they did yesterday. Uh, but just, uh, again, proud what Bobcats. They, what they didn't do yesterday. <laughs> and what they didn't do yesterday. But, again, the overall message from this season is very positive. A lot of great storylines and a lot of lot of things accomplished. But a couple of proud, more than a couple of uh, proud Bobcats uh, across the nation looking in on this season. This is the Sports Fan presented by Jane K. Contracting, 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Hi, I'm Kim, and this is Ruth. Please join us every Wednesday morning on 970-WATH to make it happen. It's the Kim and Ruth Show. Well, it's really not, it's the, not the Kim and Ruth Show. It's really... <laughs> I don't know. Tune in to Make It Happen with Kim and Ruth every Wednesday morning at 10.06. And we'll spend time talking about health and wellness topics in all aspects of healthy living. But we know that you're the real expert in your health, so let us help you make it happen. Wednesday morning on 970-WATH to make it happen. When there's something strange lurking under your bed. Who are you going to call? Dustbusters! Athens Dustbusters are a licensed, bonded, husband and wife team that offer up top-of-the-line janitorial services at great prices, and they serve commercial and residences across Southeast Ohio. As the seasons change, don't worry about the cleanup. Call Athens Dustbusters at 740-541-7113 for a free quote. But don't just take our word about the Athens Dustbusters. Hi, I'm Sam. And I'm John. And we're Athens Dustbusters, and we will bust your dust. Hello, it's John Kozik, founder and president of TurboTrack Realty, and I buy houses as is, fast for cash. Call me today for an all-cash offer on any of your properties, and we can close within days at 614-362-2000, 362-2000. Do you own a property that's outdated and needs thousands of dollars in repairs? Great, I'll buy it. I'm a private real estate investor who can solve your real estate problems fast for cash. Do you want to sell and just be done with it? Okay, great. I buy vacant properties, boarded up houses, pre-foreclosures, and inherited properties. I also buy apartment buildings, rental portfolios, divorce homes. I even buy my tenant won't pay me the rent houses. I look forward to solving your real estate problems today. Give me a call for an all-cash offer at 614 362 2000 614 
362-2000. You are listening to The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Sports Fan 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Phone lines open 740-592-6646. Talking about celebrating the Bobcats basketball season. Again, it ended uh, at, at a point where it hasn't ended, you know, at least... And uh, since 2012, uh, making it to the way of the second round of the NCAA tournament, falling to the Creighton Blue Jays 72-58. Joey, a lot of positive talk about the Bobcats, and rightly so, because they have had a tremendous season. Uh, but we do have to break down this game a little bit. And I think the number that kind of jumps out to me right off the bat uh, is really the shooting percentages, right? I mean, you take a look at what Ohio did. They got a lot of shots but those shots were not falling. They shot 31% from the fields, 23.3% uh, from uh, behind the arc, and then 56% free throw shooting. Um, yeah, they were about 80 90% shooting against Virginia. It was one of the big reasons why they did win that game. Uh, London McDay clutch at the free throw line, Preston clutch at the line, Roger clutch, Wilson, it didn't matter who. They were hitting their free throws, but they were just not hitting their shots against the Blue Jays yesterday, again, falling 72-58. They got open looks, but I think there were a couple of unforced turnovers. There were a couple of, of mental mistakes, maybe, and uh, Blue Jays definitely took advantage and really uh, took advantage by slamming it down. It seemed like any time there was a defensive mishap, you know, Creighton was, was lobbing it up, and, and somebody was shoving it down. Not only that, they made their open threes. Uh, you know, the one guard, he's a heck of a player. He's their best player. Uh, he showed up and had a big day for them. I'm talking about uh, uh, Zigarowski had 20 points, four or seven from beyond the arc. But as you mentioned, I mean, Ohio just couldn't throw it in the ocean yesterday, uh, unfortunately. Um, you know, 21 of 66 from the field and including seven of 30 from behind the arc. That's just when, when Ohio is playing well. And as a matter of fact, they came out looking pretty good. They were knocking down their threes. Roderick hit a couple early. Vanderplas. Knocked down one or two. They were up 19-16 with about, on the, you know, under 10 minutes ago in the first half. They were playing well. A couple defensive lapses, but they were they were shooting the ball okay and playing good enough defense. But I tell you what lost in the game. You can look at a stretch. When it got under six minutes, I believe there was a timeout, Ohio was down 23-22. Creighton went on a 16-2 run to close out the half to go up 15. That's the only period of the game that wasn't even. Ohio lost by 14. Right. So uh, you take away those six minutes, Ohio's down one point, actually up one point, as a matter of fact. Uh, but just that stretch at the end of the first half where they just really struggled. And they didn't play great in the second half either, but they did enough. You know, they knocked down a three here and there. They got some looks at the rim. Uh, but as you mentioned, the foul shots were killer. But really, you just break it down to that six minutes right there where you, you give up a 16-2 to two run. They shot one of ten from the field in that stretch as well. Uh, that's when Creighton coasted and pulled away, and they just never gave it up in the second half. Right. Ohio in the second half, 34 points, Creighton 33. Right. But I mean, after the stretch that you're talking about, you know, Creighton kind of took that game and just ran with it. Uh, a far cry from where Ohio was against Virginia on Saturday, where Vanderplatz hits the three going into halftime, and, you know, you're looking at a one point deficit. Like, it was just a, a totally different feel. For the game it was totally different uh you know, i don't know it was just it did not seem like the bobcats were playing uh 
at the way that they were accustomed to playing over the past two weeks or so. And again, they had played nearly flawless basketball for that two-week stretch, right? Yeah. I mean, the Mid-American I mean, Conference Tournament yeah. plus Virginia. Virginia they didn't they play didn't... great in the Virginia game no. either, though. They played really good defensively. I mean, right. Virginia's never really been known as an extremely potent offensive team. They were able to beat Virginia at their own game, a low-scoring game. And they were able to just – they played very well the last 10 minutes to be able to pull ahead and knock it down, knocked out some big threes. Vanderplas and Roderick did, made their foul shots, all that. They just didn't do it in, that, in this game. Gave up 72. And, you know, normally you say, oh, I give up 72. They can be in it. But this whole tournament, they – you look at it, they shot below – you know, they shot around 30% from three in the first game as well. I mean, they just really didn't get it really cooking from beyond the arc too many guys. Um and then in this one, you know, they were getting to the rim and just not finishing, not getting any foul calls. I'm not saying that as saying the refs had a bad game. Like, we would just get to the rim and just not be able to finish the job. Crane uh, made it really tough on them. And there's every time Ohio, like, there was a time, there was about 10 minutes left. We were able to get it down to 12. It's like, all right, if we hit a three here, get down to single digits, they're going to call a timeout. Momentum's on our side. Maybe we can make a run at it. And then we just brick a three. And they go down and hit one of their own and push it back up to 15, you know. And there was also a point... Around three minutes ago, Ohio was down nine. It was like, and they had the ball. It's like, okay, if you go get a bucket here, it's going to be tough. But a couple stops, a couple scores, all of a sudden it's a three-point, maybe three, four-point game with a couple minutes left. You can win that. But that was kind of, and Preston just kind of came down and around the logo, just kind of threw up a, a three, a lot of time in the shot clock. It wasn't, it wasn't a needed shot. And Preston didn't have his best of games last night. He shot a one for ten from the field. Um, and he was another one who kind of struggled around the rim as well. But he shot up a three. Didn't fall, and then Creighton goes down, makes a double-digit game again with about two and a half minutes of play. At that point, you're like, ah, well, this game's over. Um, just situationally, when they needed a bucket to kind of turn the tide, because there were a couple times they started the surge a little bit. I mean, they got down as many as 20 in the second half. They were able to get it down to 12, 11, and 9 a couple times. Right. But they just couldn't, just couldn't climb over that hump of getting out of the double-digit range. And uh, Creighton... They came down to hit big buckets when they had to. They they switched their game plan. They didn't have to run up and down the floor anymore. They could play a half-court offense, just lock in defensively, and that's what they were able to do for the most part. Right, and, you know, there were a couple of times where I was wondering, you know, what, what really was, you know, the play call. I mean, the Creighton, give Creighton credit. You know, they were the, the better team yesterday. They made their shots. They made their open shots. But, you know, there were some times where I'm like, why, why are we shooting this three? Like, it's a little bit of uh, three from a distance. It was kind of a little bit contested. I mean, you might have had a pick set a little bit. So there was a, a tiny bit of room. But, you know, all season long, you know, I don't, I don't think you've seen, you know, the Bobcat team really chuck up as many threes as they did. Well, you get and down 20 so, in the second half. you got to come back some. I mean. Well, I, I get that. But, I mean, I, I just didn't think it was the best shot selection at that time. And then there were other couple times where you know the ball was just being thrown out of bounds. Yeah, and I mean they yeah they didn't. I mean they didn't have their best day yesterday. Unfortunately, right. it picked a bad day to have a bad day. <laughs> right, and again, I mean it, tremendous season, but breaking down what happened yesterday, just Ohio just didn't look good. Yeah, I mean it's just unfortunate that you know if you go out playing your best game, Creighton's just better. You know, you, you, you could take that, but right, it just feels like we left something on the table there because you know, like you mentioned, shooting thirty percent from the field, turning the ball over double digit times. Um, you know, not getting out on threes, you know, letting letting their best player beat you, scoring 20 points. You know, it's not like Crane went out there and played a masterful game or anything. They played better than Ohio. They deserved to win, but they didn't do anything great. They also turned the ball over double-digit times. They just were able to capitalize off it more than 
Ohio was able to. I mean, the rebounding was pretty even. Ohio actually won the battle, uh, 38-35. Free throws, that was a big problem, but Creighton wasn't great from the line either. It went 9-13. Right. So, you know, it's just, like I said, it's, it's, it's quite crazy. If you, that one stretch when they went on a 16-2 run to end the first half, that's the only time the game wasn't played evenly at like kind of a back-and-forth pace the whole way, and Ohio just wasn't able to have that big run of their own to come all the way back into the game. Is it just me, or do I... I thought that Granger played a couple more minutes than what he actually did. Uh, but, nah. it, I mean, it seemed like, you know, Granger was out there a couple of times, and, um, you know, Granger did, did a nice job. You know, he got the two rebounds, but also picked up a couple of fouls. Uh, you know, did score four points, but there was a one time where Preston, who had a really nice pass, I think he hit... I don't know where he hit Granger, whether it was in the leg, in the hands, uh, at the waist, you know, but it looked like a nice pass, and it kind of went off... Uh, off of Granger and out of bounds, and that was kind of the point where I'm like, all right, Ohio might not have this today. You know, they just didn't look didn't look as crisp. I mean, the passes are always there from Preston, uh, but like you said, shots were not falling. They had that one stretch where you know Creighton almost basically went unanswered, and then even you know, as because we watched the game yesterday together, at, at some times you're like, oh hey, Ohio is on a ten nothing run, or oh hey, Ohio is on a a 7 nothing run at this point. And they're still and down 13. <laughs> they're still down 13, which you take out those six minutes like you talked about, and this game is, is even. Uh, but, again, Creighton made their shots. They made their open threes, and they were, uh, they were better. But I thought Ohio did a nice job on rebounds. Um, you know, assists were tied. Uh, they, they just could not buy a bucket. And nope. I, I just think that's what the unfortunate thing there is. But it is what it is. Everybody can return next year. Everybody, uh, you know, hopefully will return. Um, Preston, of course, getting some looks, NBA uh, talent. And, of course, that's, you know, the dream of, of any coach, seeing your player move on to the next level. Uh, but I, I, I have to think that, you know, Bowles would be especially happy getting Preston back for another year and maybe that these guys can run it back a whole another time because, you know, special team. I mean, keep the team together. Absolutely. I mean, if you get all these guys back another year, that'll be, I mean, with this starting lineup minus Wilson because it was Ogbonda last year, but you'll have three years of four of your five starters all playing together. And that's how these mid-major teams like the Loyola Chicago's like, you know, some other examples, if you want to point out over the years, you know, that's how they go in and beat these kind of, you know, these kind of power five teams is they're able to have a really mature basketball team that is loaded with junior to seniors that have been playing basketball three, four years or 21, 22 years old. They've been through a division one lifting program for three, four years. It is bigger. They're stronger playing against these 18 year old one and done kids that Duke has maybe three or four of them. They're just more experienced. And that's how upsets like that happen. Um, so, and plus, I mean, with everybody coming back, you're going to have these guys that have won a MAC tournament. They know what that's like. They've won an NCAA tournament game against a power five school in Virginia. Who's won a national championship in the last couple of years. Um, they have that experience under their belt. So this year, I think it's going to mean a lot for what they could do next year. And, you know, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago when they won the MAC tournament, if Preston comes back, and even if not, I think they're going to be ranked maybe the top 60, top 50. And if they go on a, a decent run, maybe went, beat uh, a Power 5 school in non-conference, we'll see if they beef up the schedule at all next year um, due to the fact that they should have such a talented team that maybe 
maybe they could get a ranking next year, or at least a couple votes that you've been crying about all season. Well, one. Um, uh, so, but maybe they can because people are going to know about this team. They're going to know how mature they are. They're going to know that they're going to have at least four of their five starters. Hopefully, hopefully Dwight comes back. He's another one that could technically leave. He is a senior, but I would imagine he's not getting drafted, so I wouldn't see why he wouldn't come back for another year to play unless he gets a really good offer overseas or something. But And there was, I, I forget because uh, our roommate, I guess it works with, you know, Ohio athletics a little bit with personal training and, and working out and such. And he was at the senior night for the, the basketball team. Um, and, you know, I think he said, you know, there was only one guy who was recognized at that time, which might be a little bit of an indication to say, and, and that one person, I, I forget who it was. I, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, uh, but it was not somebody of the starting lineup which means that potentially you could have Preston and Dwight Wilson back in the starting lineup next year, which could be huge for Ohio uh, should you know Preston not leave and, and Wilson say you know, that he's interested in another year. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, because, I mean, there were times this year Dwight Wilson was, you know, top two, top three in the country in field goal percentage. I mean, around the rim, he was really effective all season long um, and just another year you know, getting used to what Bulls does. And plus, he's pretty strong at defensive end, pretty good rebounder as well. I believe he shot, what, like five or six from the field yesterday as well? Yeah, I'm I mean, taking a look. Pretty efficient day. 62% against Creighton. 100% from the free throw line. Nine rebounds, one block, yeah, I mean, one steal. He's been, solid. He's been steady all season long. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a guy at times I wish they would maybe get it down to him more because, uh, like I said, he's just got so much touch around the rim that, I mean, nobody can really, he, even though he's not the biggest guy, he's got a big presence down there. Shot never really gets blocked. I mean, he was going up against Huffing for uh, Virginia. That guy was like 7-1, and, you know, Wilson was working him when he when he had him. Now Huff was in a little bit of foul trouble at the time, but, you know, but Wilson's a good player, and, you know, we saw Roderick step up at times. He hit a couple big threes down the stretch in that Virginia game as well as yesterday. I mean, he was part of why they were able to get out to an early lead. Um, McDay, I mean, he might have had the best day on the team yesterday. Uh, you know, nobody yeah. shot the ball that well, but, you know, he he ended up with 11, shot 3-9 and nine from the behind the arc, 4-14 from the field. Uh, and plus, you know, he was all-MAC def, uh, all defensive team this year. I mean, they have a lot of pieces to be excited about. Um, I just get worried that if Preston does come back, I mean, hopefully someone's in Sears' ears that, uh, you know, this is going to be your show as soon as Jason's gone. But uh, I just hope he never he doesn't think about transferring if he doesn't get to start for a second straight year. Well, and, and the thing that I would hope is that it seems like this, and I said it earlier today, it seems like this team is so close and that everybody one through 15 didn't matter who was playing or not. They were all supporting each other and, and whatever happens behind the scenes happens. But uh, I would hope that, you know, Sears or, or whoever uh, stays around and, and, you know, continues to, you know, be as impactful on this team and, and in Bobcat history as they have been uh, because everybody played a part in making it to the round of 32. Now, everybody played a part in winning the Mid-American Conference Championship. Um, so whether they're starting or not, I mean, they they played their part. Um, you know, maybe it's a, a competitive thing next year where uh, Sears maybe battles, uh, I don't know, McDay for a, a starting nah. spot or something. I don't But, you know, whatever it is, like everybody, I would hope to see Sears still, still here four years or more. 
Um, Vanderplas, is he going to be like a five-year guy? I, I don't know. Because uh, he's already has, I think he's working towards his doctorate. Well, he's redshirted his freshman year. So. That's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see where this team can go. I don't I don't foresee anybody leaving or entering into the transfer portal. But you don't think Preston's leaving? Well, all right. So maybe Preston gets drafted. But I'm, as per like transfer portal. Well, that's not my question. If Preston's gone, Sears has no reason to leave. He's going to be the right. starting point guard next year. But I'm saying exactly. if Preston stays for a second year and Sears kind of. Not that he was in a shadow or anything like that, but I'm sure, you know, he's a competitive guy. I'm sure he wants to be the starting point guard on this team. He did it at times and had success as a starting point guard uh, for this team this year. And when you do that, you're like, hey, I can be the guy too. I mean, that's just that's just the competitive nature. I don't blame him <laughs> right. for wanting to play more. And Sears, you know, in 20 minutes, you know. And I'm not, uh, who knows, maybe he's the ultimate team guy and is saying, you know, Preston's the guy. He needs to be on the floor, and I'll take advantage of the minutes and, you know, everything I can learn from him while he's here. But I just know a guy as talented as the Sears is, he wants to be out there on the floor, I'm sure, as much as possible. All right. Well, we'll see. You know, we'll, we'll see what this Bobcat team looks like next year, but I think um, it's only going up from here. <laughs> and it's a pretty, pretty exciting season this year. Of course, making it all the way to the round of 32 before falling to Creighton 72-58. to 58. Again, our phone lines open, 740-592-6646, 740-592-6646. Cincinnati Bengals trying to beef up their defense, and Major League Baseball right around the corner. Cincinnati Reds games, I think, uh, will air sometime around April 1st. Uh, but all that and more coming up next as you're listening to The Sports Fan, presented by JK Contracting on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. Flu shots are available now at Fruit Pharmacy. Protect yourself and others from the flu. It's never been easier. Walk in, call ahead, or get a flu shot in the safety and convenience of your own vehicle. Need other items? Don't forget about Fruit's curbside delivery and let Fruit do your shopping. The CDC recommends everyone over six months of age get a flu shot every year with no charge on most insurances. What are you waiting for? Get your flu shot today at your local Fruit. Your hometown family pharmacy. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Heavy uterine bleeding and iron deficiency anemia through the years. Oh, I've been there. Huh? That sweater around your waist. I've been there. Heavy period. Makes you wonder what women used to do. The record you're using to cover your behind. I've been there. Your backward apron. I've been there. If you've been there, you get it. Excessive menstrual bleeding for six months or more is known as heavy uterine bleeding, or HUB. HUB may lead to another condition called iron deficiency anemia, or IDA. Learn about iron deficiency anemia at imayhaveida.com. Brought to you by HealthyWomen.org and Daiichi Sankyo, Inc. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget, they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call JK Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. Hey, 
It's a sports fan on Classic Hits 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Bill's the mic alongside Joe Medor, going all the way up until 7 o'clock today. Yeah, this is the only uh, sports programming today. There's no CBJ after us. There's no uh, Ohio State. Yeah, it's a little bit of a, a uh, relaxing period until you hit you know, Athens baseball coming up. I think there might be a game on the 31st. Uh, we could have our first game to call on uh, on next Wednesday, um, but we'll get that schedule posted to our website as soon as we figure out when uh, we're broadcasting those games. Uh, but exciting to have Athens baseball back with us, uh, and of course, uh, you know, Cincinnati Reds coming up. I think April first is opening day. But a lot of a uh, lot of things to go through, a lot of things to um, to anticipate. But as of right now, you know, it's a little bit quiet entering yeah. into this this portion now. Well. The only two teams that I root for, college basketball-wise, are out. And, uh, well, the Orioles season will be starting soon. So <laughs> That's something that's, to look uh, forward to, right? Yeah. I, um, I think I'll be uh, pretty much sported out until football season rolls back around. But, uh, you know, I'll get over it at some point. Yeah, and, of course, uh, it becomes a good laugh watching the Orioles play after uh, about the first couple weeks of the season. Oh, Richard, okay, there's your, uh, there's, there's Maryland losing to Alabama. Of course, Joey, you know, big Maryland fan, uh, lost Alabama 96-77. to 77. UCLA beat Abilene yeah, Christian. i tell you what, if Alabama keeps shooting like they like they did yesterday, they're going to be tough to beat and knock down, a, like, 300 threes against the Terps yesterday, um, and that's their thing. Coach Oates, I'm sure the local fans know him from his time up in Buffalo when they were dominating the MAC uh, the past five, six years. They were also a team that won a couple NCAA tournament games in that time. Um, and uh, he's down there, Alabama now. He's a coach of the year candidate and moving on to the Sweet 16. But those Buffalo teams always jacked up a bunch of threes, and if they were hot, they were going to beat you. And that's exactly what uh, what this Alabama team does now. And like I said, if they continue to stay on the roll from behind the arc, if they're knocking down double-digit threes a game, it's going to be tough to keep up with them. Yeah, I mean, again, he's done a tremendous job at Buffalo. And now he's gone and really turned around that Alabama program pretty quick, uh, which it's I just think is second been, year. Yeah, I mean that, that's probably the most impressive thing about what he's done in two years. I mean Alabama is now in the Sweet Sixteen, and I mean in our lifetime, Bama's never been known for their basketball no. program. Football. I mean Colin Sexton was down there. If you know him, if you're a Cavs fan, he's the point guard up there now. But even those teams, they weren't really making it into the tournament. They were barely scraping by in the SEC. Right. Right. But again, Alabama in the Sweet 16. They'll go against UCLA, who were winners 67-47 over Abilene Christian. Uh, Colorado lost to Florida State 71-53, and they will face Michigan in the Sweet 16 after the Wolverines defeated LSU 86-78. A lot of people didn't think Michigan were going to make it out of that one. No, I'm, but they did. I mean, they are the Big Ten's last hope of uh, you know going deep into the tournament after they had the most teams in the NCAA tournament. They had nine teams in the NCAA tournament, and eight are out, with Michigan being the only team remaining. Yeah, none of them really even played that uh, that good of a game either. Nope. I mean, even the ones, I mean, Maryland and Rutgers, they both won a game, and they looked pretty good in those games, and Rutgers should have probably won their their second-round matchup, but they choked that one away. I mean, Wisconsin didn't play very well. Uh, Iowa got dogged by Oregon, who didn't even play a first-round game. Yep. Ohio State, of course, you know, went out in the first round. Illinois bowed out to Loyola, Chicago. Another double-digit loss for the Big Ten. Yeah, it makes you wonder, doesn't it? 
was it uh, just too much hype this year, or did they just spend too much time beating up on each other? That you know, and you had to also take into consideration the Big Ten didn't really have any COVID pauses. You know, no. they they all played a pretty, you know, if you look at the records wise, the Big Ten schools played a lot more games than a lot of these schools in this other conference. So maybe that had something to do with it, fresher legs, perhaps. I don't know, but for some reason or another, Big Ten just has not looked good in this tournament. No, I'm, I don't know what that reason could be, but obviously, uh, you know, Oral Roberts was better than, than Ohio State. And Oral Roberts, you know, speaking about them, I mean, they are in the Sweet 16. They defeated Florida 81-78. Uh, but just to round out, you know, the Sweet 16 teams right now, Loyola Chicago defeated Illinois 71-58, and they will go against Oregon State 80-70 winners over Oklahoma State. And then down at the bottom, Houston uh, 63-60 victor over Rutgers. And Syracuse defeated West Virginia as the 11 seed will go against the two seed, Syracuse against Houston. Up at the top, Gonzaga will go against Creighton. We already talked about how Creighton got there. Gonzaga, 87-71 winners over Oklahoma. USC upsets Kansas, 85-51. And they go against Oregon, who are winners over Iowa, 95-80. And in that game, Luca Garza uh, really played his heart out, and he's probably going to have a pretty good uh, professional career in the NBA, I've got to imagine. Uh, Arkansas and Oral Roberts will go at it in the Sweet 16, 81 to 78 uh, winner for Oral Roberts over Florida. Arkansas got there 68-66 over Texas Tech, and then the other teams, uh, Baylor and Villanova, the one seed against a five seed in the Sweet 16. Baylor winning 76-63 over Wisconsin, and Villanova winners over North Texas 61-84-261. Uh, That's where the uh, NCAA tournament is at now, and of course, Ohio has been eliminated with the Bobcats losing to Creighton 72-58. But that's where the switch, uh, 16 is, switching over a little bit to uh, he's going into the break. Cincinnati Bengals are trying to restructure their team, and, and also Joe Burrow was up in Indianapolis rooting on the Bobcats. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, I, I saw a video after the fact. Was he bad luck is the question? I don't know. I mean, he's been pretty good luck no matter where he goes. Wasn't that the first game? I saw a tweet point out. I mean, LSU was playing at the same time. Now, of course, the school that, you know, Joe led to the national championship. But staying loyal to the uh, the hometown college, rooting on the uh, the Bobcats. Both of them lost, so he wouldn't have seen a winner either way. But uh, Right. But either way. Um, plus, you might probably, you know, the Ohio State ties and just the Ohio ties in general. Probably couldn't stomach watching a Michigan, <laughs> a Michigan game. Right. Very true. Very true. Um, but his team in Cincinnati have been trying to restructure, get better, uh, and hopefully, you know, Joe comes back off of uh, you know, his injury uh, back and better than ever. But uh, Cincinnati Bengals have signed free agent quarterback Eli Apple to a one-year contract. Apple, who is a former Ohio State star, was a first-round pick by the New York Giants in 2016 and went to the New Orleans Saints via trade in 2018. He played for the Panthers last season, but injuries limited him to two games. He has played in 57 career games with 219 tackles and three interceptions. The Bengals also re-signed punter Kevin Huber to a one-year contract. Uh, but obviously the bigger storyline, uh, Eli Apple to the Bengals. And, and Joey, I, I know he's been bounced around a couple of times, uh, but does this instill a little bit more confidence in this team? I mean, are you uh, happy with signing a, a former first-round pick or what? What what's your takeaway from Eli Apple going to the Bengals? Well, I mean, there's obviously been a focus on beefing up the defense in this offseason. They bring in Hendrickson, who had, 
you know, 13 and a half sacks for the Saints last year, bringing Mike Hilton, the slot corner from Pittsburgh, had some success. Ogan Joby, bring him in from Cleveland. He's had some some flashes of some brilliance, still a pretty young player at 27 years old. And now you're bringing in Eli Apple. That's another corner. And they also brought in uh, a woozy, too. So that's three corners that they've brought in, all guys who have some kind of notoriety. So clearly there's a focus on improving this defense that over the last couple seasons has been just an absolute dumpster fire at times. Um, so obviously it's something that they need to address. I mean, heck, the Ravens, Week 17, ran for 400 yards against the Bengals. 400 yards. I mean, that's just... You know, can't do that. That's a JV versus varsity game right there. I mean, you're just getting absolutely bullied. Um, so they addressed the front seven, especially the front four interior, by adding Hendrickson, by adding Ogan Joby. And now you see them making those additions on the back end to try to improve that as well. Josh Bind, we'll see if they bring him back. Uh, he's still a, uh, I believe he's an unrestricted free agent. So I don't know if they're going to be able to, if they're going to want to bring him back or not. But what they are showing is uh, they're not afraid to go out and shell some money, and it's a small deal with Apple one-year contract. Obviously, he's probably trying to revive his career a little bit because, as you mentioned, first-round pick hasn't done much, only three career interceptions. Not that corners are, you know, interception machines usually, but I just don't think he's really panned out to the first-round pick that was spent on him to this point. Maybe he comes to Cincinnati and improves a little bit, but as we well know, in this AFC North, with Cleveland, with Chubb and Hunt in the backfield, with what the Ravens do with Lamar Jackson, and what will probably be a mixture of uh, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards next year. We know they can run the football. Pittsburgh abandoned running the football last year, so maybe they don't got to worry about them too much. But um, we'll see. Uh, it's definitely something you got to do. You got to be able to have a good defense because that's 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 old-fashioned AFC North football, really. And then of course they make the signing at tackle of uh, Reef. We didn't get to talk about because uh, the Ohio State post game went so long. <laughs> Uh, last week, but, uh, you know, you add that on the offensive side, too, to try to, you know, get some protection for uh, Burrow, whoever does start the season off at quarterback. Hopefully it is Burrow for the uh, the team's sake. <laughs> but, um, you know, they're trying to do some things, and I think that's all you can ask for. Still got a draft to go as well to try to fill in some of these other holes. So uh, we'll, see, we'll see what they're going to go with. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I still, even with the uh, the signing of the offensive tackle, there's this guy, what's his name, Perini? Or, uh, uh, the Oregon Tech. Oregon Tech. Sewell? Yeah. Is it Sewell? I thought his name began with a P. Maybe his first P- name P- does. Ryan? My, uh, that's a running back that, that they already back. had last year. <laughs> yeah, that's where I got that name. No, but, uh, yes, what's his name? The, the one you just said. Sewell. Sewell. I think that's they should still... Be butchering it, but right. I, 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 it's either it's definitely the Oregon uh tackle or the uh offensive lineman, and even with you know signing the other uh you know, offensive lineman earlier this year, you gotta still improve that offensive line. Um, you know, you saw what it did to a very talented and established quarterback, uh, in you know, um, but what. The Kansas City quarterback. Oh, my God. I, I'm losing it today. <laughs> uh, Mahomes? Yeah, Patrick Mahomes. Thank you. I couldn't remember his name. But Patrick Mahomes was running for his life in the Super Bowl without an offensive line. So you see how important it is to get you know, the offensive line squared away. I think you have the other talent around him. I think you have you know a pretty good wide receiver uh, in Higgins. You have a uh, running back that you signed for long term. In Mixon, um, you know, you have the other star 
or skilled position players around Joe. Now it's just going out and securing and making sure that, you know, he has time to make his reads and he doesn't have to have the quickest release time in the NFL because, you know, he's getting hit if he holds on to the ball for three seconds or more. Right. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if they're not going receiver as well in the draft with A.J. Green going out the door, John Ross signed with the Giants, um, so losing a couple of that position. Uh, I know people want to say Jamar Chase. I don't know if you're going to be able to get him. He's going to be a uh, highly sought after. And then Devontae Smith, you know, that is an option, I suppose, for the Bengals at five, but I really do think they're going to end up going with the linemen because, as you said, it was the, just the glaring issue that everybody talked about last year. I mean, Burrow was just getting smoked. Every single game. I mean, there was, I mean, freaking Fletcher Cox, I thought he took his head off in that Eagles game. I that, that Ravens game. He got, what, sacked nine times? He was running all over the place. A couple were his fault. He held on the ball too long. I mean, that's rookie. You, you learn that over time. And then, of course, the unfortunate one against uh, Washington that uh, blew his knee out in his rookie season. So, yeah, it's an issue they got to get addressed. But uh, I do like how they aren't just saying... You know, let's beef up the offense and not worry. We still give up 40 points a game. They are trying to address the issues that they had in the secondary. They weren't a good pass defense last year. They weren't a good rush defense either. So they're they're signing a solid, established interior lineman, and they're bringing in some corners to try to to try to help things out. I mean, it looks like Mackenzie Alexander is going to be walking since they've brought in like four. I mean, there's a couple other corners they signed too that aren't as profile high profile as a Woozy or Apple or. Uh, or uh, who's, the, who's the other one? Mike Hilton from the Steelers, right. who's more of a slot corner anyway. Um, but they're trying, to, they're trying to balance this team out. And with these additions, and if you get Burrow back healthy, and we'll see what they do in the draft, probably get a, a receiver at some point, draft a couple linemen. I think uh, they're going to make it pretty hard on Zach Taylor uh, to get too much more time if they come out of the gates struggling. Once again this year, because it looks like they're trying to give him some pieces to put together a, a competent team. It's still going to be tough. The AFC North is coming off a year where they have three playoff teams. I don't know what the state of Pittsburgh is going to be. The Ravens haven't lost anybody. Cleveland haven't lost anybody. They're going to be good again with uh, their young ascending quarterbacks as well. Right. And, yeah, I, you're not going to have a whole lot of time left uh, for Zach Taylor, right? Because if they're going to go all in, if they're going to – you know, protect, and the biggest issue was, you know, protecting your quarterback, especially your franchise quarterback. So if if Taylor can't do that, I got to imagine maybe Cincinnati could be looking at a different head coach after year three. I don't think they're going to make a change unless they are pretty bad, um, you know, to open up the season. I'm not really sure what, you know, Cincinnati is going to really look like. Uh, if it's, it's going to be a different team, if Burroughs behind center, as compared to, you know, somebody else. Finley just signed with somebody else, or they, he traded. Uh, so I don't even know who the backup quarterback is now for Cincinnati. Um, and that will be a position that they'll have to figure out, you know, a little bit. But um, maybe there could be a reunion between uh, Burrow and Joe Brady, who's currently the offensive coach, uh, offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. Maybe that's a better fit. But we're not going to go there yet because you know it's still Zach Taylor's job. He still has now. This will be his third year to go out and improve. He's already, it appears, got the support, uh, you know, from management. They're spending a little bit of money. They're trying to improve the offensive line. They're trying to bolster uh, what they do on defense. But if he is not successful this year, 
by the end of year three, you got to see either improvement or I think he's gone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people wanted his head chopped off this year. <laughs> Especially the, the Burrow thing, there were reports of him losing the locker room. But they did win a couple games down the stretch last year, beat Pittsburgh on Monday night, uh, something they, they never do. So, end up playing inspired a little bit there. I mean, they got trounced by Baltimore to end the season. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it seemed like maybe he got something cooking there towards the end of the year. He found the the right note to get his guys playing hard for him. So hopefully he can start that. I mean, that's the step one. You got to get Burrow back. That's that. That's the number one priority here. Without him, I mean, this thing's never going to go. He was drafted to be the guy that led this turnaround. And uh, so you got to get him back healthy. And you got to get the O-line squared away. Like you said, they have some pieces on offense that they did have some pretty – they showed some flashes of an offense that could be pretty successful at times last year. There were a few games that were scoring 30, 40 points, but uh, you got to be able to stop teams. They're trying to address that in free agency, I think. Um, you got to be tough in this division. I mean, there's six games every year you got to play. They're going to be hard-nosed football. Um, so I think they're trying to get back to a, to a formula where they can compete in the AFC North because that's where you got to start. You got to start with competing in your division, and then that's when you got to worry about beating the other teams once you can beat the teams in revision, then you can get into the postseason, then you got to worry about beating everybody else. Absolutely. Yeah. Worry about what you do and then figure it out. But you know, if he doesn't figure it out, might be looking at another head coach. And, you yep. know, deservedly so. You got three years. Figure it out. But we'll see what happens with that. Again, a uh, good season for the Bobcats. A lot of, a lot of success for them. Um Tough game yesterday, but hey, it happens. They made it that far. They made it further than anybody else in the Mid American Conference, and add on a couple of schools. Or as the well. state. Or the state. That's very true. For Joe Medora, this is Connor Mills signing off. Sportsman comes your way tomorrow, right at 6:06, presented by JK Contracting, and we'll see you tomorrow. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-L.